illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgate. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heiner Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how you doing? I'm doing good, Billy. Right on, right on. Getting getting a lot done up at the old homestead. I'm trying to. I'm trying. To, I'm working all the freaking time though. I swear to God, I I leave I leave for work at five in the morning, or I get up at five, leave about five thirty six o'clock, and tonight I got home around eight thirty. Wow. That's my life, dude. I just work. I would say. So, I'm working hard so other people don't have to. There you go. Well, the purpose of illegal. Billy, per- uh, Billy, get a little closer to your mic. I think you're a little hollow. The purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have a little fun along the way. You ready to jump into it this week, Beach? Let's jump into it, Billy. All right, I want to remind everyone you can subscribe to us for on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. You can also listen to us and subscribe to us on iTunes. Remember, if you want uh, to leave a rating and review there. Also, if you want to get in contact with us, there's a couple easy ways. First, HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com. Also, follow me on Twitter. I'm at HeinrichTailgater. And also, check out HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. All right, Beads, we're going to talk a little bit of Beaver Sports News. Yeah, what's what's going on in the world of Beaver Nation, Billy? Well, first up is volley, women's volleyball. The Beavers knocked off number 12 Utah in a four-set thriller last Friday night. Then on Saturday, uh, well, actually, Mary Cart Marshall converted 20 kills and Maddie Goings added 18, but the Beavers fell to Colorado 3-1 on Saturday night at Gill, ending a five-match win streak, OSU's longest conference streak since 1990. So the Beavers are now 16-8 overall, 
six and six in the Pac-12, and they take to the Bay Area to take on Stanford on Friday and Cal this coming Sunday. They're kind of uh, doing what you hoped to, they would do, aren't they, Billy? Exactly. When when most of your games out of conference, try to go 500 in conference, and then you can make the tournament. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they're taking your advice. That's just great. There you go. Actually, they're playing really, really well. So. All right, next up needs uh, is uh, women's soccer. All right. Hopefully they didn't tie this week. The Beavs outshot Colorado 13-9 to on Thursday, but fell one to nothing to Colorado. The so Beavs, what you're saying is the, the ladies just can't score? Not on Thursday, Nightmare. We could hear them when we were tailgating right there. Oh, that's true. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we kind of got a we kind of got a free show. Yeah, we could look in the gate there. <laughs> now the Beavs rebounded though with a two to one win over Utah on Sunday afternoon. Okay, nice. Yeah, so the Beavs are now five ten and three overall, two seven and one in the Pac twelve, and they close out the regular season with the Civil War on Thursday at one thirty, and that'll be so, shown on the Pac twelve network. So with a record of five ten and three, I'm assuming they're not going anywhere. No. No. No, no playoffs for them, but no. they still have a chance to beat the Ducks, which is a very important game. Always beat the Ducks. It'll be a successful season. Yeah. All right, so what's next, Billy? Up next, Beach is men's soccer. Oh, disappointing. The, How'd they do? The men beat San Diego State uh, in San Diego 4-2 to on Sunday to finish off their road games for the season. Now the 6-11 and overall, 3-6 and in the Pac-12 Beavs. Next game is this Thursday, November 9th to take on number 23, Washington, to close out the season. So also, not not very strong our soccer uh, soccer efforts this year, huh? No, you're just playing a lot of good teams. So. Yeah, that's all as it is, is run around and four rocks and a ball. Pretty much. All right, Beach, uh, we just have a little bit of football news. The kickoff for next weekend's game at Arizona has been set, and it's 7 o'clock. Hmm. Late night game. Late night game. Yeah, but it's in Arizona, so it's kind of understandable. Yeah, they push for that a lot, don't they? Or is it well, just, earlier, just the way it goes? I think it's just kind of what it is out there. It's still hot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hotter in Hades in September and October. It, it's still warm now, so. Shoot, down in L.A., they should be playing at midnight with as hot as it's been down there. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. They, they've been hitting like the 100, 104 lately, and that's damned rare for late October. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, okay, well, that's good. Yep. Hopefully I'll be able to catch it. Yep. All right, so, and, and, oh, what, anything going on there, Billy? No. What? Hold hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, crap, Billy, do you hear that? Oh, yes, I do. Hold on. Hold on. I'm holding it. You know, don't, not that way, Billy. That's inappropriate. Okay, hold hold on. Here we go. It's longer Ooh. this week. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> it's been taken Viagra. <laughs> Actually, I've been hearing on the radio, there's little red pills now that you take that are supposed to be better. Oh, there you go. Uh, this just in, Billy, mm-hmm. from Oregon Live. Max Lindsay, 2020 Tiger athlete, picks up first offer from Oregon Ducks. For the past several years, Oregon high school football diehards have been gearing up for the arrivals of the class of 2020. 
Oregon, a state not typically known as a major producer of college football talent, currently boasts as many as 30 sophomores who have an outside shot of developing into Pac-12 prospects. Wow. And even this and even this early, a few kids have begun to emerge as surefire Power 5 conference talents. One of those is Tiger sophomore Max Lindsay, a two-way standout for the Tigers who projects as a cornerback at the college level. The younger brother of Oregon Ducks commit and consensus four-star athlete, Braden Lindsay, Max has spent the past several years waiting for his turn for the recruiting process to begin. On Saturday morning, it finally arrived as the still-growing 5'9", 150-pound prospect received his first scholarship offer from Oregon. This first offer is great, and it's a great fe- feeling finally, finally getting it, Lindsay said. Hopefully that's the first offer. Hopefully that, hopefully that first offer leads to many offers. No one is quite sure what the offer has, what offer has been made, but it can only be assumed since it is from Oregon. It is a combination of cash, Nike athletic wear, prostitutes, and marijuana. (laughs) But the marijuana can only be smoked during the off season when the NCAA is not doing random drug testing. There you go. (laughs) So there you go, Billy. This week's update from Eugene. There you go. Um, I don't know. Did you see uh, Oregon State offered Bickler's nephew? No. Yeah. And now, what what uh, grade is he playing? Um, I think he's a senior this year. Okay. Um, he's and big so kid. For, he's like six seven. Who's he playing for? Plays for uh, well, uh, uh, Bickler's brother Kevin coaches at Southridge. Okay. So is he playing at Southridge? He's the head coach at Southridge. Yeah. Okay. Is it and that is that's that's Kevin's son? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. So yeah. just, for for the people who are listening that are random talking here. Uh, Billy went to school uh, at Glencoe, class of 91, with a guy named John Bickler. And if any of you guys tailgate with us, you might see John come in. He's usually a little bit later on, but he usually shows up. He was at the last tailgater. What? Yeah, he was at the last tailgater. Mm-hmm. Probably be at the next one, too. But anyway, so his uh, his little brother, Kevin, actually took Glencoe High School to the state uh, championships and won. Correct. Uh, 1994. The state champ. Yeah, the, the year that you and I were down in Florida. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, so, well, that's cool. Yeah. All right. All right, Beach. Well, are you ready to go under further review for last week in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown. Yeah. All right, Beach. So heading into the week, Kyle, I hate you, Kyle, was in first place at 40 out of 61. And you and I'd I were, like to know if anybody really. I'd like to know if anybody likes Kyle. I think his wife does. Okay, maybe his kids. Yeah, but both. you got to in your kids. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't get any food. Um, and uh, <laughs> you and I were tied at 36 out of 61. All right, Beach with one game on okay. Thursday night, October 26th, and it was Stanford at Oregon State. Who'd we take? Okay, Stanford at Oregon State. Pretty sure we all took the beeves on that one, Billy. That is correct. Stanford quarterback Keller Christ threw a three-yard touchdown pass to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside with 20 seconds left to give Stanford a 15-14 come-from-behind win over Oregon State. Now, the nation's leading rusher with 198 yards per game, Stanford's Bryce Love, did not play. Now, defensive lineman Harrison Phillips recovered a beaver fumble to get the ball back with 2.30 left in the game. A 25-yard pass on 4th and 10 to Caden Smith kept Stanford's hopes alive. Stanford also recovered a fumble at the end of the first half that they converted into a field goal to trail 7-6 to six at halftime. 
Now, Stanford for the game was held to 222 yards offense and just 88 yards rushing. But granted, they were missing their best running back, correct? True. But they only had 88 yards rushing. I don't know the last time Stanford was held under 100 yards rushing. Yeah. And, well, and, it, and, and held half of their total of, of, of normal offense. A lot of people were uh, pretty upset at that uh, fumble that came in the uh, fourth quarter. Well, I mean, it, it obviously it sucked, right? You, you don't yeah. want to fumble the ball. But there's a certain point where you need to give the other team credit. And if you watch that Harrison Phillips, uh, Stanford's defensive tackle, mm-hmm. that dude is a beast. I don't know if you kept hearing there were several holding calls on number 52, which was Oregon State center, because he was fighting tooth and nails to try to keep that Harrison Phillips under somewhat of control. The guy is a beast. He will be a first-round draft pick. And he, if you watch that play, um, he blows up the center and basically shoves him back into Null as Null's about ready to hit the hole. It completely stops Null's momentum and spins him around. Mm-hmm. It spun him around, and as he was spinning around, the defensive end comes off the side and does a perfect punch into the ball and knocked the ball right out of there. And then that Harrison Phillips jumped right on. you got to give the other guy credit for making a great play sometimes. And to me, the play that really that won the game for him was the 4th and 10, 25-yard pass. You know, watching that thing live in the stands... When that ball was thrown, Oregon State's defensive back was in perfect position. Yeah. He, he had the man fronted. He had his eyes towards the ball. He had reached up. As the ball was coming in, I figured it's either going to be A, intercepted, or B, knocked down. Mm-hmm. Because Oregon State man had he, he had the position on the ball. And that six seven wide receiver just reached over the top of him and ripped the ball out. And again you got to give the other guy credit. He just made a better play. Yeah. You know. They're a good team. Yeah, really good. So, anyways. It's just, you know, like I said, you got to give the other team credit. Um, but, you know, Oregon State really showed me something. They played hard. They played creatively. I, I really like some of the things they did. So, I mean, it, it, to me, you know, it... it they let that one sleep away. They have those bastards dead to rights. And uh, I just want to see them yeah, keep playing like that. You know, what? W- one of the things you said early on in the season uh, when we weren't starting out too well is you wanted to see the Beavers improve every game. Yep. You know, I want to see improvement every game. And I would have to say – And I want to see great you know, just, effort. Yeah, just looking over the last three games uh, and the last two without Anderson mm-hmm. – um, the, the, the team has been more on fire. They've been improving. Um, they were much more gelled to me on offense this this week than last week by far. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the, the defensive backs were freaking on fire. You know, if they could have had a cut, you know, a half a second sooner, their hands in the right spot. I mean, I we those knockdown balls could have easily been picked off. I agree. We could have had two or three interceptions more than what we got in that game. And I have to say this was the funnest game all year to watch. Yeah. I, I, I thoroughly got value out of the tickets, and it was damned fun. Yeah. And I certainly hope that uh, the, the next two games we're able to see, we get to have that much fun. Uh, I, agree. I agree. See live, I guess. See yeah. live. So. Uh, we got four to go. So, you know, and uh, while we're still on this game, uh, 
you know, Oregon State, in my book, has a little bit of a growing problem on their hands. What's that? Because the team is really responding well to interim coach Hall. That That's that's what I was thinking, too. And so then the question is, do you make him – is he going to – does he have the ability – that, that, to be a, a head coach. I don't know, right? Because it's a huge, I mean, it's unprecedented jump. Yeah. For, well, it's kind of like like when USC hired uh, Ogeron. Did Ogeron have any any uh, head coaching? Well, he had at least been a defensive coordinator. And, and, and Corey Hall is strictly a cornerbacks coach. Exactly. And only has really a couple, a handful of years at best coaching, right? Two years at Oregon State couple years before that it it's a huge jump and so you know can he do it i don't know but one the team is really responding to him on the field two mm-hmm. the team is really digging him if you get on social media they've got a hashtag haul in i'm haul in on this and it's becoming a thing especially with the team and a lot of backers um the third thing is He's getting recruits to commit. Really? Yes. There's been numerous recruits have committed to him. And oh, this so, is fun. Hold on. This is funny, Bill. I just pulled up a thing. Two things. I just pulled up a thing on Hall, so I'll read a little bit about it. Uh-huh. But second thing here, just in the little side feed, it says Bradley Bickler, fast rising Southridge uh, uh, tight end defensive end, picks up dream come true. Yeah, exactly. From Morgan State Beavers. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So okay, go on. No, I'm just saying. So he's picking up recruits. So it's like, yeah. you know, it, it, if it's not a way they want to go, it could be a problem. I think I think you you said this at our one of our previous things, but I'll just repeat it. It says uh, Hall briefly served as a graduate assistant on the Beaver staff in 2015. Yep. Then worked then worked at Weber. We, is it Weber or Weber? Weber. Weber, Weber, State. Weber State as a secondary coach before his return to Corvallis. Uh, he had joined Anderson's staff at Wisconsin in 2004, then followed him to OSU. So 2014, but yeah. Um, yeah, 2014. Uh, well, how does that work if he was an assistant on the Beaver staff in 2015? He was a graduate assistant. Is that different? Yes. You can be a coach and a grad. You can be a graduate a assistant. Grad, for grad, one. You know, a graduate assistant, you're still going to school. And it's not, okay, and so it's you're taking classes and, and it's not paid. Okay. Okay. Correct. That a native of Bakersfield, California, Hall was a defensive back at Fresno State, and he played NFL for six seasons yep. for the Bengals. Yep. So, so I mean, he's got he's got he's got knowledge. He's got knowledge, but he doesn't have the coaching. You know, he doesn't have a lot of. Yeah. A, a lot of uh, experience coaching wise. Yeah. And it says Hall describes his coaching style as a quiet storm. Mild-mannered in the meeting room, but fire on the field. He preaches a mindset of being aggressive, tough, physical, intelligent, and professional. Ultimately, Hall just aims to coach the way he wanted to be coached. That's me being a mentor, Hall told the Oregonian, and that's being hard when I have to. And that's being hard when I have to be. Mm-hmm. I never want to be belittled. I always wanted to be coached hard, and I always wanted to be coached from experience. Yep. Anyway, so it, it's just going to be. I, I just think it could be a potential. Pickup. And yeah. like I said, do I not want him? No, I want a guy. I don't care who it is. I want a guy mm-hmm. that can well, build. A you got to start somewhere. I mean, yeah. and, and look at what experience got us. Yeah. Well, true. And I just want. I just want. I, I just want a winner. 
Yeah. So, so, so far, I mean, by, by, well, we, we had well, one I'm, great experience with, uh, yeah. with Erickson, you know, but Anderson has, you know, never came to be. Mm-hmm. And Erickson turned the team around. I mean, Erickson, when he took over the team from Riley, he jumped off where Riley left. Mm-hmm. You know, we never had a lull. No. Um, and, and actually from the taking over from Anderson, you know, Riley, Riley wasn't, Riley was stagnant or in the middle, or we had a couple of rough years, but Oregon was real strong in those years. Mm-hmm. And that was but, the but, but Anderson, yeah, but Anderson just kind of took us down. Yeah. Anyways. Um, and, uh, what it, it, but if, if Hall really wants the job, there's one thing he needs to do. Get rid of those bitchy ass visors. Cause those just look like, you. no. Uh, oh. for, for me, that's just a target for a sunburn. <laughs> okay. I hate visors. Target for a sunburn on my head. But well, no, I mean, if you're going to have visor, you might as well have bitch tits, too, what, and call what, yourself Chip Kelly. There you go. But no, what what uh, what Hall really needs to do? Win, what? A, win a couple games. Yeah. I think we might. We got some potential games. here. Especially if he wins that last one. If he would have won last week, he would have been conceived. He would have really up the They would have. Anyways, yeah. uh, and Beads, let's talk a little bit about the tailgater. Okay. It's a great tailgater. tailgater sa- yeah. Sausage Fest. Who yeah. doesn't love Sausage Fest? Well, and that's a good one for that kind of game where it's going to be everyone coming right at the last minute because because of getting out of work and stuff. And I thought it went really well. Mm-hmm. No. So no how, how many sausage did we go through? Quite a few? Um, we went through almost 80 bunks. So pretty good, and we went through more sausages than that because the number of people had less had sausages without buns. So okay, okay, yeah, or double sausage in a bun. So they're 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 getting double stuffed. Yep, yep. with their sausages. Yep. So all right, Beach. So none of us are they are they are they bareback in their sausage? Yep. There you go. So nobody got a point on that one, Beach. Um, up next, all the rest of the games were on Saturday, October twenty eighth. First okay. up, Cal at college. Do you know who won any of these games? Um, I know Oregon won, and uh, well, thanks honestly, for ruining I, it. What? Thanks for ruining it. You asked me. <laughs> I guess you didn't ask me for specifics. I said, do you know? But, uh, okay, yeah. so first up beats Cal at Colorado. I took Cal on this one, Billy. I thought they were going to beat those darn Buffaloes. How'd they do? Um, and Kyle and I both took Colorado. Colorado quarterback Stephen Montez bounced back from a benching a week earlier and threw for 347 yards and three TDs, and running back Philip Lindsay rushed for 161 yards as Colorado beat Cal 44-28. Now, Cal quarterback Ross Bowers threw for 359 yards, but his late pass was intercepted in the end zone and returned 100 yards for a TD. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was my win right there. No, it would have been closer, but still wouldn't have given you the win. Yeah, it would have been an onside kick. They would have scored another, and then I would have won. Well, but they didn't, so... Damn you, Ross Bowers. Damn you all to hell. Yeah, well, see, the guy ran it out. You're like, what are you doing? And then he kind of... He beat a couple of guys up along the sideline and was just gone. So... Because they're all thinking he should have just taken a knee? Yeah. Wow. Ballsy. All right, so Kyle and I got the point there. Up next, UCLA at Washington. Um... Pretty sure we all took the Huskies on this one, Billy, because well, Ukla sucks. That is correct. Led by running backs Miles Gaskin and Levon Coleman, Washington rolled through UCLA's worst run defense in the country Saturday, 44 to 23, on 333 yards rushing. 
averaging 5.7 yards per carry. Oh, dang, you, you don't even need to pass the ball if you're averaging 5.7 yards a carry. On that note, quarterback Jake Browning was just 8 for 11 for 98 yards in the <laughs> TD to go along with a rushing TD. The Huskies' 12 pass attempts was its lowest total since 1981. Wow. But they, what... didn't, but they didn't need to. No. Why, you know, they, they the say two, only, only three things can happen when you pass the ball, and two of them are bad. Correct. UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen was 12 for 21 for 93 yards and was sacked four times and was pulled out of the game and went back to the locker room, and he actually finished the game in sweats on the sideline. Wow, he wasn't so much chosen Rosen yeah, over the weekend, was so he? So there was question, was he a little bit beat up, or were they just benching him? And maybe, him the, maybe, maybe the sweats are kind of comfy, and he just didn't want to wear pads anymore. Could be. So all of us got a point on that one. Up next, Beach, Utah at Oregon. I picked the Utah Utes because I still think they're a better team than Oregon. All three of us did. Oregon wide receiver Charles Nelson was tripped on reverse but regained his footing to throw a 22-yard TD pass to Jacob Brayland, and Oregon beat Utah 41-20. to they, they said, I heard this on the news this morning, and they said his, uh, he, he said he, he got tripped up, he threw it, he was actually throwing it into coverage, and he just, he said he just, what was his term like? He goes, he, he said, I just had to be a ball player, or ball, something like that. Yeah, and he just threw it up there, and it was great, ended up being a great pass, and Brayland did a good job of going up and high-pointing the ball. Yeah. Yeah, he said there wasn't supposed to be anybody there, and there were three guys, but yeah. did it anyway. So, cool. Now, Utah quarterback Tyler Huntley threw for 293 yards and two TDs, while former Oregon wide receiver Darren Carrington caught nine passes for 130 yards. Now, Utah ran for just 91 yards while allowing Oregon to rush for 347. You ain't going to win a game with statistics like that. Nope. Royce Freeman had a boat blow to yards, and – uh that Tony Brooks James, who's a smaller guy, sometimes they have him at running back, sometimes they have him at slot. He ran for a ton, a lot on cutbacks, where he just string it out and cut back up the other side of the field. And mm-hmm. he just had some really good lanes for 30, 40 yard rushes. So. Well, Oregon does a good job at hiding their holding, so they oftentimes get really nice holes. So none of us got a point on that one. All right, Beach, up next, Washington State at Arizona. Um, I took the Cougs on this one, Billy. Actually, uh, both you and Kyle did. I, on the other hand, took Arizona. I hate you, Billy. In his fourth consecutive game, Arizona quarterback Khalil Tate rushed for 158 yards in a TD and passed for 275 and two more TDs to lead surprising Arizona 58-37 over Washington State. J.J. Taylor gained another 157 yards on the ground for Arizona, including TD runs of 79 and 3 yards after Washington State rallied behind backup quarterback Tyler Helinski. Helinski replaced ineffective Luke Falk in the first half. Helinski was 45-61 for 509 yards, but threw four interceptions, including a late 66-yard pick six. Ooh, that sucked. You know, I did listen to part of this game on my drive down to In-N-Out on uh... On Saturday. Yeah, I saw you went down to the new one in Grants Pass. Yeah, yeah. So on on the way down, we flipped it over to listen to this game, and uh, it, it just it just looked like Washington State couldn't get it going. You know, no. they, they'd have a little bit of movement, and then they just get shut down. Yep. So. Yep. And that Khalil Tate is impressive quarterback for Arizona. And just today, Beach, he was named the offensive player of the week 
for the fourth consecutive week in a row. Wow. First time is, ever in conference history. Now, is he a candidate for Heisman or anything like that? Not yet. He's not looked at that right now. Okay. But with what he's doing, he's looking phenomenal. Good. Yeah, he would have to well, keep it going. But Do you think Arizona's still going to get a new coach by the end of the season? I, so we, we've talked about this. You know, I, I still think Mora's going to get fired down at UCLA. Mm-hmm. I still hold to that. Uh, um, with, I, with the way their defense is, I would think so. Somebody's going to lose their job. Yeah, but uh, I, I think I think uh, Rodriguez is actually looking pretty good. My my might might uh, stave off his uh, the executioner his uh, loss. Uh, yeah, the executioner yeah. for for one more year. Yeah. Well, well, we'll find out after next week. Why? Why next? Oh. Just who they play next week? Us? No. Oh. No, actually this week. Sorry, this week. What the hell? I don't it's, know who they play. Well, we'll talk about that. Uh, so um, I got the point there. You and Kyle got nothing. Right? Okay. You um, braggadocious son of a bitch. And you are having a really bad week right now. I am. You are only one of of five. I should have just stayed in bed. Yeah. All right, Beach. Last game, USC at Arizona State. USC at Arizona State. I took uh, I took the Trojan, the Zemen of Troy. Yes, you did. SC, the 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 team that uh, follows the Song Girls. Yes, uh, and Kyle and I took Arizona State. USC running back Ronald Jones ran for 216 yards and two TDs. And quarterback Sam Darnold threw for three touchdown passes. And USC racked up 607 yards of offense to beat Arizona State. 48-17. Thank but, God I had a recovery on this yeah, one. Yeah, he did. Darnold completed 19 of 35 passes for 266 yards to go with 341 yards rushing for the Trojans. Now, Manny Wilkins completed a Hail Mary at the end of the first half that was initially ruled sort of the end zone, but after five minutes was ruled a TD. But the PT, PAT had to wait for the Trojan defenders to return to the field. I heard I heard it was a big cluster F yeah. going in and yeah. and they had like and what, what the hell like half the team didn't even show up or well yeah so he he threw the, he threw the hail mary they called it short they reviewed it but as they were reviewing it USC ran in the locker room they called it a touchdown and so they had to wait till the USC players came back so they could kick the uh, point after it was just kind of funny yeah so all right Beach so you got the point there. So you got two on the week, Kyle got two on the week, and I got three on the week. Well, one extra, one more than everybody else isn't, like, really all that great, Billy. Yeah, I went 50%. You guys went below 50%. So after that week, Kyle, hey, Kyle's at 42. I'm, I'm, just, here, I'm just here for the free beer anyway. There you go. Kyle's at 42 out of 67. I'm catching up slowly at 39 out of 67, and you are at 38 out of 67. Well, if you're not first, you're last. There you go, Ricky Bobby. All right, Beads, let's talk about the Pac-12 in the polls. Um, after last week, the AP poll, Washington's still at number 12. USC is at 17. Stanford, 18. Arizona, 23. And Washington State fell to 25. So Washington State could still win the Pac-12 North, but they – Washington State only has two losses, right? And Huskies have one. Correct. So if Washington State can beat the Huskies and both teams went out other than the, the Apple Cup, Washington State would would still overcome the Huskies. 
Correct, because okay. uh, one of Washington State's losses to Arizona in the south, mm-hmm. and then their other loss is to, uh, was it Cal? No. Uh, Arizona State. Okay. Okay. Arizona State. So, yeah, as long as they lose to, to guys in the South, it's fine. Yeah, and so Stan and Stanford's only sitting at one loss as well, correct? In the conference, yes. Okay. But they still play Washington State. And and that was to Washington, correct? Stanford. Yeah. I think. Okay. I can't remember. Okay. All right. right. In the USA Today coaches poll, Washington's at eleven. USC at 17, Stanford at 18, Arizona at 25, and Washington State is in the others receiving votes category. Fell out of the fell out of the shrine yeah, on that one, yeah, huh? They're, they're just off it. Now, Beach, Tuesday night, which is when people will be listening to this because I will um, edit it and put it back on. Hey, happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah, there you go. Happy Halloween, everybody. Um, uh, the first um, playoff poll will be released, so we'll get to see that. I release, I release my playoff poll usually once a night. All right, Beach, it is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week, the Tommy Tupperville Jackass of the Week Award. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> every, every week we discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly first, worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach, this week, this Tommy, Tommy Tupperville Jackass of the Week Award, it's personal. Is this the one we, we talked about on uh, yes. on Thursday? Yes. Those, those sons of bitches. So, just a little backstory. Uh, a number of years ago, my beautiful bride, Jessica, I'd always talk about when they played the chainsaw noise on third down. I was like, mm-hmm. I need to go get a chainsaw. I need to go get a little toy chainsaw. Well, she bought me a chainsaw for Christmas. So I went to the bookstore, bought a bunch of beaver stickers, and beaver stickered it all up. And now that chainsaw has been all over the place, right? It's been to Wazoo. Mm -hmm. It's been to Cal. It's been to all the beaver games here. It's been all over the place. Now, I've never had an issue taking it anywhere until this year. And in the first game of the season, I went to take it in. And they have a list of prohibited items not allowed in Research Stadium. And on that list is, well, one is live beavers. So, you know, no live beavers. Mm-hmm. But That's other, understandable. Exactly. Shouldn't, they're, they're, they're rodents. You shouldn't have rodents there. Exactly. The yeah. second one, one of the other things on the list, is chainsaws. And I didn't know people actually brought real chainsaws into the stadium until this was brought up when you, exactly. when you went in the first time. Exactly. So I go to go in, and the, the two kids there that are, that are checking bags. We're like, okay. And this lady runs up to me and goes, no chainsaws. And I looked at her like, are you an idiot? You know, you're, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not a chainsaw. It's a toy. She goes, no chainsaws. It's not a chainsaw. It's toy. Nope. Can't bring it in. And so a couple people were like, well, go take it over to so-and-so, you know. And I was like, that's fine. I'll go put it back in the truck. So I doubled back, went down to the next gate. When I got up there, they said, chainsaw, toy, perfect. Let me go in. 
no problem, because it's not a chainsaw, it's a toy. So when I walked out that game, I made sure to walk right by that stupid bitch with my chainsaw in my hand and just glared at her. So that was the first game of the season against Portland State. Fast forward yep. to last Thursday. Got my chainsaw in my backpack, go to go through the line. This little supervisor guy walks up with his clipboard, goes, no toy chainsaws. And I looked at him and I go, since when? And he says, since today. And I said, what? are you kidding me? They, they didn't even tell the public? You know, how, how crap is this? And I'm getting a little pissed off. He goes, no chainsaws. Can't bring it in. No toy chainsaws. They just sent out an email this morning. And I was like, son of a bitch. So I had to double back to the truck, drop it off in the truck, walked back through that gate, and I told the dude, you know, I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad at the situation. First of all, I don't understand why they're banning toy chainsaws, especially with them playing that noise, right? Mm -hmm. And you could see people on the sideline that had big cardboard built chainsaws that were mm -hmm. quite large, I'd, I'd, I'd add, right? Students over there. But whatever, I don't know what the thing is. I can't do anything about it. I told that dude, sorry about that. You know, I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad at the situation. I just wish they'd let us know. I've been carrying this thing in for five years. Never had a problem. You know, now it's a problem. Okay, Beach. fast forward to Sunday. And my apology to that little peckerwood, I take back. Because on Sunday, I uh, sent out a tweet. Mm -hmm. And let me pull it up here, and I will read it to you. So, sent out a tweet that said, it said, uh, to, uh, at Beaver Athletics. That's like the overall Beaver Athletics site. Yeah. They do everything. Yeah. I said, what is the policy on toy chainsaws? I have brought a small plastic toy chainsaw in for five years. Was told Thursday at gate they were banned that morning. Just sent that out. Mm -hmm. Got a private message back not long that thereafter. Actually, they, 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 they answered me on Twitter and said, Bill, sorry to hear this. Uh, check your private messages for a response. So, go to my private messages. This is what I got. Hi, Bill. We apologize for this inconvenience this caused. Toy chainsaws are allowed, not real ones. Thank you for being an engaged fan and reaching out to us on social media so we can find a solution. Would you like two complimentary tickets for ASU to invite some guests? Cat. Her name's Catherine. Okay. I said, I won't turn down tickets. I know I can find some friends to take them. My family and I have eight seats in Section 10 and are huge Beaver fans. Also, I had the same issue earlier in the season, but was able to bring in my chainsaw at another gate. Would you clarify to security check personnel that toy chainsaws are not prohibited. And then Where I, in the hell did but he said toy chainsaws like he was looking on the on his freaking clipboard, right? Because he toy was, chainsaw. Because he was full of shit. God damn, sons of bitches. It's you know what it is? It's a it's just a little man. Somebody needs a cock punch is what he exactly needs a cock punch. It's a little man with a little bit of power and he's gonna flex it. And he's full of crap. Is what it comes down to. And I sent her pictures of me in the stadium holding the chainsaw. One picture with me and Jess. And one picture, remember that guy that looked almost exactly like me? Had the chainsaw mm -hmm. and the same hat? 
So I sent her yeah. The, so I sent her those pictures, and so uh, she uh, said she was going to email me, but she didn't um, yet. But I'll, I'll email her uh, again uh, tomorrow. But she says we'll get back to you tomorrow. She said love the pics. So anyways, so this week's Tommy Tupperville Jackass of the Week award goes to that little pissant Peckerwood security guard supervisor at whatever gate it is we walk in because he's full of shit and just making crap up. So to you, Peckerwood, this week's Jackass of the Week Award. Is for you. Anyways, yeah, it just pissed me off. What an ass. Yeah. Just, I mean, I thought you, I thought he was actually justified. Yeah, I did too. And I'm just like, you know, this pisses me off about the, uh, about the athletic department can't get their crap together. together let us She's, know what's going it, on. He's probably the boyfriend of the bitch that shut you down the first time. Probably. Probably. Anyway, so yeah, this one, I hadn't told you about that, but yeah, I was emailing him last night when we were going to, uh, going to dinner. So. Wow. All right. Beach, it is now time for the musical interlude of the week. And I had one picked out, but you know what? I have decided to call an audible and change it up. Okay. So, tonight, Beach, because when people hear this, it will be Halloween or the day after Halloween. I decided to go with a little kind of spooky-themed movie soundtrack today. Okay. This uh, song has the same name as the title of the movie. It debuted at number 68 on June 16, 1984, and reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts on August 11, 1984, staying there for three weeks. Any ideas? Did they get sued for plagiarizing? Yes, he did. Uh, 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 who are you going to call? That is correct. Uh, by, by Ray Parker. Yep, Ghostbusters by Ray Parker. So Yeah, guy's a thief. So, yes. So, um, he, uh, originally, um, Huey Lewis and the News were asked to write a song, to the title song for the movie. They mm -hmm. declined. They declined. Yep. Because they were working on Back to the Future. Exactly. Yep. Fantastic movie. With a great soundtrack. So they employed Ray Parker Jr. to write the song for Ghostbusters. And he wrote a great song. Mm -hmm. Except for the fact that he stole much of the music from the Huey Lewis and the News song, I Want a New Drug. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, and I don't hear it that much, but I mean, I guess if you broke it down to just the music, I hear it's just a ripoff. I mean, they said when Huey Lewis heard it the first time, he knew it. I mean, he knew it was their song. Yep. Yep, 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 and it's it's very similar, um, but it's a great song, had a great uh, music video with lots a lot of people of, in it. Yeah, a lot of neon in it too. A lot of neon, yep, and lots of uh, celebrity cameos including Chevy Chase, Irene Cara, John Candy, Melissa Gilbert, Jeffrey, George Went, yep, Jeffrey George Camber, Went, Al uh -huh. Franken, Danny DeVito, Carly Simon, Peter Falk, and Terry Garr. Wow. Surprised Al Franken was in there. Mm -hmm. Can't stand Al Franken. Yeah, this was back when he was just the uh, 
right around Saturday Night Live. Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So here before Beach, he became a senator and a and, a, and an ass. Yep. So here Beach, for everyone's enjoyment, is Ray Parker Jr. with Ghostbusters. <laughs>
That's just a fun song, Beach. Yes, yes it is. Just a fun song. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> All right, Beach, are you ready to preview week number 10 in the Pac-12? Week number 10, yes. Let's, okay. What, what are we who's, – who's up first, Billy? Who's on first? Well, let um, me get Kyle's picks up here. We got him up. Did, did he actually participate this week, or is um, he going to be able to – well, Call it in later, like he seems to be doing lately. Well, he sent them Slacker. to me. Right, he sent them to me right uh, just as we were getting started. Um, you know, he's got he's got a family, and he was carving pumpkins. Wow. Sometimes that gets in the way. You know, I I, I work two jobs and have a farm, and I can still manage to come to this thing. Well, did you carve pumpkins? No, because I have two jobs and have a farm, and I have to do a stupid podcast every Monday night. There you go. All right, Beach. So for uh, first up, we have a game on Friday, November third, UCLA at Utah. UCLA at Utah. Wow. Well, I'm thinking uh, Joseph Smith is going to help the boys at Utah out, and I think they're going to beat UCLA. Well, the Jack Mormons. So I don't know. Worry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who the joke would be there. Okay, you're taking Utah. <laughs> Kyle said uh, Utah. I too am taking Utah. UCLA's rush defense is so bad. I think Utah's just going to try to run the ball on them. I think a girls' powder puff team could beat Eucla right now. Yeah. Um, all right, Beach. Up next, Saturday, November 4th, Stanford at Washington State. Ooh, this is an interesting game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Washington State on this one because I don't think Stanford's going to be able to play in that cold, and I bet you those, I bet you their nipples are going to cut right through their shoulder pads. It's cold it's going to be up there. Okay. Kyle says, the beef showed Stanford has some weaknesses. Cougs win at home. I, too, am taking Washington State. I don't think... Uh, I, I think I think Washington State can beat them. Okay. And I just think they'll be able to... Well, that's, that's, why, that's why you're picking them, Bill. Yeah, yeah. They'll beat them. Well, I, just, I think Washington State will be able to move the ball thanks, pretty well. Th- thanks for pointing out the obvious. All right, Beach, up next, Colorado at Arizona State. Hmm. This is an interesting one. Um. You know what? I'm going to take Arizona State. Okay. Kyle says Arizona State. I too am taking Arizona State. I just don't think Colorado is very good away from Colorado. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think they'll have a hard time stopping Arizona State's uh, running game. All right. Up next, big one for the week, Oregon at Washington. Washington is just going to wipe their they're, – they're just going to kill them. Yeah. Kyle says I think, I th- I, Oregon, Oregon's going to lose bad, and they're going to lose a couple players in the process. Yep. Um, Kyle also says Huskies, I too am taking you, Dub. Um, Washington completely demolished Oregon last year in Autzen. And they're mm-hmm. going to want to do the same thing this year. Oh, yeah. And they'll want to continue to do the same thing for the next 20 years if they can. Yes, yes. Yeah. Beat them every way, six ways from Sunday. So. Yeah. No okay. love between those two teams. All right, Beach. And next up, and this is the interesting one of the week, mm-hmm. Arizona at USC for the lead for the Pac-12 South. Arizona wins that game, Beach. They will be sitting in the catbird seat to uh, win the South. 
I'm going to take Arizona. That's why I say, that's why I say, well, uh, I think old, um, uh, Rich Rodriguez has kind of saved his job. Mm-hmm. So you're taking Arizona. Kyle is taking, uh, Kyle says, with enough tape now on Arizona's quarterback, USC. I'm taking Arizona. I, I'm just impressed with that quarterback. And not just his running ability, but his passing ability. Mm-hmm. And I think USC just isn't that good this year. So, I too am taking Arizona. All right, Beach, last game for the week. Oregon State at Cal. I think this is going to be our first Pac-12 win. First Pac-12 Truly win. believe that. Kyle says, Beavs, of course. I, too, am taking the Beavs. Beavs, if they can play like they did last week against Stanford, they're going to win this game. Yeah. Pure and simple. Um, yeah, just and, no, 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 no fumbles, no stupid mistakes. Correct. And not only would it be a Pac-12 win, it would also be our first road win and consequently our first road Pac-12 win since 2014. 2014. Correct. Riley's last year, they won at Colorado. Oh, dang. Yep. Haven't won on the road or on the road in the Pac-12 since then. You know, it's just good that we have such great tailgaters. Otherwise, I think we would have given this up a couple years ago. Yeah, no doubt. Well, it's like you tell people, if the, uh, if, if the success of the Beavs was predicated on the success of our tailgaters, Beavs would be unfreaking defeated right now. Did, did you see that picture I posted on Heiner Tailgater uh, from seven years ago, I think it was? Huh. I think I posted on it. I was supposed to post. Maybe um, I did. Maybe I didn't see it. Yeah, but it was a picture of our uh, it was a picture of our tent from seven years ago. Our two tents and our and our big gas satellite dish and our little TV and uh, yeah. It's crazy how things move. Yeah, evolution, man. All right, so. Beach. It is now time for uh, the Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke. Does that booger eating spaz make me want to puke? Play of the week. We've had a lot of these this year. Yeah, what do we got this week? All right, Beach, I sent you a link you can watch. Okay, hold on. Pick up your phone, click on that link. Hold on one second, I gotta go to your. Okay, this is uh, Zach Miller, is what it says here. Zach Miller, Chicago Bears. Okay, I like the Bears. This is a game against New Orleans on Sunday. Hold on. Video will play after ad. Okay. Oh, here we go. All right. So it's a long pass down the field for an apparent touchdown. Okay. And he takes a pretty brutal hit in the end zone. Watch Ooh. his left leg. They scored, so they're pretty excited. Yeah. But it's his left leg, specifically his left knee. Okay, left knee. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's slow motion in it. Yep. Ooh! So... Dude, did I see what I thought I saw? Yes. Zach Miller suffered a dislocated knee. It went... Now, it's much worse than just a normal dislocated knee. Yes, his leg went completely the wrong way. His, his leg went completely the wrong way. 
Holy crap! Now this. What the hell happened to your kneecap on something like that? Well, Beach, what's what's much worse is not just his kneecap. Oh God! They keep playing it over and over. Yeah, but he severely damaged an artery in his leg. Oh wow! Is he gonna live? He had to have emergency surgery to save the leg. Holy they crap! So he's a, like... Yeah, it's it's actually serious. As, as gross as it is, it's a very serious injury. Um, and they had to call in. What's weird was it, what's weirder was his second leg that he landed on. I mean, it wasn't the first leg; Correct. it was the second leg. And you would think that by that time your body's kind of slowing itself down, and it's just got to get underneath you. And oh god! Yeah. So they find out about the artery afterwards when he got him well, to the hospital. Well, because he looks pretty chill in the freaking the little uh, well, the little carriage that they take me out on. Well, yeah, because he doesn't know what's going on inside it. Yeah, golly. You know? Um, Holy crap! Yeah, and so so, they, it, they, it's, so his pro career's done. Well, right now they're just trying to save the leg. You know. Wow. Yeah. So they wow. got to try to fix that artery. Okay. Yeah. So. So they but went, so far. Oh well, God! Sorry. They, they they took him in for uh, um, into the uh, University Medical Center in New Orleans to repair the torn pop literally pop lit. P-O-P-L-I-T-E-A-L, popliteal artery in the back of his left knee by grafting a Mm. vein from his right leg. It's the main source of blood for the lower leg, whose muscles could not survive for more than six or eight hours without blood flow. Wow. They, um, and and the last thing... Amazing what they can do nowadays. Yep, and uh, asking about avoiding amputation, um, they said they feel pretty good about where he's at right now. He has a strong ball, blood pulse, blood is flowing in his knee, and his foot is warm to the touch, which is a good sign. Um, can we can we follow up on this one next week? Yeah, but um, okay. so now Miller is actually just turned thirty three this month, so uh, his, his football career is likely over. But hopefully yeah. they can save that leg. Because well, I mean, at thirty three, you're, you're you're kind of on the the latter end of of a career anyway, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I just I just wanted you to see the footage because it's pretty graphic. Wow. Dude, that's just nasty. Yep. All right, Beach. Uh, so this week the Beavs play at Cal. Now, Jess and I had talked about making the drive down to Berkeley to watch the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, kickoffs mm-hmm. at 2 o'clock. But we are going up to uh, Washington for a comedy show Friday night, so we will not be making the trip to Berkeley. Mm. We're up in Washington. Um, Lucky Eagle Casino in Rochester. Okay, okay. Uh, to see Joe Coy. Who's Joe Coy? He's a comedian that Jess really likes. Okay. Do you like him or do you like? Oh him no, no, no! I've heard him a lot. He's on the Adam Carolla podcast uh, quite a bit. Oh, okay. And he's pretty uh, damn, okay. He's pretty damn funny. And, okay. Uh, uh, Jess, um, when she owned a house in Vegas, Joe Coy's mm-hmm. mom lived in a house not far from her. So she, so, so she used to see them around. So they're like BFFs. In her mind, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in Jess's. Mind. So. Anyways. So, uh, but we will be listening to the game on XM Radio, or I'll probably get Jess to drive and I'll watch it on my phone. So, or you might find a good sports bar somewhere. Yeah, maybe, maybe. If you got if you got a window of opportunity there. Yeah. All right, Beach. It is now time for the Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors. She's just a girl. She's a ball. She's a ball. Okay. I, I kind of had one, and then I kind of had another, and then I've kind of merged the two. Mm-hmm. 
So today's Cheater and Horror is about the World Series Slick Balls. Have you heard about this, Billy? Yes, I have. Okay. Pitchers and coaches from both the Dodgers and the Astros complained Saturday night about the World Series baseballs. The, they, uh, the baseballs used in the World Series are slicker than the ones used in the regular season because of a difference in the grain of the leather. The slicker World Series balls particularly make it hard to throw a good slider. Peter Woodford, senior vice president of baseball operations of Major League Baseball, said World Series balls are tested at the time of manufacturing and are made from the same materials and to the same standards as regular season balls. The only difference is the gold stamping on the baseballs, he said, a switch from the blue ink used during the regular season. They're kind of embossed with like a World Series logo on them in gold. Mm -hmm. So uh, Major League Baseballs are manufactured in Costa Rica. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Using cowhide for the cover, uh, an MLB source speculated that how the baseballs were treated with the pregame rubbing mud before game four could have led to the perceived problems. So they actually – the <laughs> the uh, the umpire actually rubs the balls. He, he's a ball rubber. Okay, uh-huh. He takes some mud and he, and, he, and he rubs and rubs and rubs the ball. Okay, I do that too, but I usually don't get paid lots of money and I don't get to do it on national TV. Um, mm-hmm. because that'd be inappropriate. But um, the, the, the question is, did Major League Baseball intentionally change the balls so there was more action on the field? I mean, it's one thing for a player to deflate his own ball, right? But it's completely different when, uh, when uh, the actual organization that runs it changes the balls. And what's been happening is it, cha- it totally messes with the way the pitchers uh, can throw, especially on curveballs. And with that, because they can't throw the curveball as well, it means the batters have a better opportunity to hit it, which means a lot more action on the field. So it kind of makes you wonder, did the Major League Baseball think they could pull one over on the pitchers and the teams to try to get more activity on the on the field to make it more exciting to watch? Any thoughts on that, Billy? It could be. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's just it's just like in basketball where they had the referees – uh, take the games into, uh, you know, to uh, to f- turn the outcome of the game so that they would have, you know, seven games instead of six or five, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but anyway, and now because of this, did you hear about you, Darvish? Oh, the, with the, the, slant, the, the old slant eye pitcher. I, I well, I heard I heard that the guy did the the eye thing. Yeah. So so anyway, so you, Darvish, who's had trouble pitching with these darn balls. He's one of the biggest ones who's been complaining because they showed statistics and like he can't get anybody to take his curveball with the way he's been thrown with these new balls. Uh-huh. They're just so far out of line. So uh, anyway, uh, Astros first baseman Yuli Guerrero, uh, uh-huh. uh-huh. I guess he's Cuban. I guess he's Cuban. Uh-huh. Uh, has been suspended for five games next season, not during the World Series because that would be bad, uh, for making a racist gesture in the dugout during Friday night's Game 3 of the World Series. Now, I'd like to point out, this was in the freaking dugout. This wasn't even, like, on the field, like, after he hit the ball or after, you know. The, this was in the dugout with his co with his cohorts. And, you know, Mom, you know, as a little kid, you're told, you know, don't don't uh, eavesdrop, right? It's uh-huh. considered rude. And essentially, he was having a conversation with his fellow teammates, made a made a gesture to them, not to the public, in the dugout, where it's considered somewhat of a private 
and it wasn't intentional to make it out there to public. And suddenly it's become, oh, he gave him the slant eye. No, he didn't give him the slant eye. He gave his buddy the slant eye making fun of him. That's totally legit, right? I mean, totally legit. It's like when I tell you crap, you know, I say things on the phone to you that if it was a mixed company, people would be offended as hell. Oh, there's, there's, but they, there's, there's things I edit out of the show. Exactly. <laughs> well, I honestly, I don't give a damn, though, because I get tired of this political correctness and I just say what I want. And if you're going to slant eye somebody, friggin' slant, I mean, I don't care. You know, Heil Hitler somebody. I don't care. But all of a sudden, this thing becomes like this massive thing, right? So Girl had just hit a home run off of uh, Hugh Darvish. And says, cameras caught Girl stretching the corners of his eyes with his fingers, a racist gesture against people of Asian descent. No, it's just mocking people of, ra- of, of Asian descent. It's not racist. There's a difference between being racist and just mocking somebody. You know? And and anyway, this becomes like the worst thing ever. Oh, my God, it makes national news, you know. Um, Anyway, and I guess also he – I just want to look at it and go, what are you, 10? Yeah, but but you know he's just bullshit. I mean, it's 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 locker room talk. You know, it's bull. It, it, it's it's dugout talk. Let them do what they want to do. I don't. Again, doesn't change the outcome. Doesn't change anything. But it suddenly becomes a, a, a massive thing. And anyway, he has to send an apology. I'm so sorry. You know, Slanai Slanai Darvish. I'm so sorry I did that to you. And anyway, uh, he says, uh, let's see. He said – he goes, I feel – I feel – I just feel bad, girl said, who uh, is uh, speaking through a translator because I don't think he speaks very good English. No, because he's if, Cuban. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, talk about one <laughs> – anyway, I, I, <laughs> it's like Shaker Ari, right? So anyway. Uh, <laughs> But he goes, he goes, if anybody got offended over there, it was not my intention. And it says, Davish appears to accept the apology. He tweeted out, this was his thing, no one is perfect. That includes both you and I. What he had done today isn't right, but I believe we should put our effort into learning rather than accuse him. If we can take something from this, that is a giant step for mankind. Since we are living in such a wonderful world, let's stay positive and move forward instead of focus on anger. I'm counting on everyone's big love. A little cheesy as far as I'm concerned, but you know, I think he's doing the same thing. Dude, he's probably sitting in the back and said, that was kind of stupid and funny. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, and if, you know, and, and honestly, if this was me on him, I, I would have told the people, dude, it doesn't matter. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> change anything. Well, in the grand scheme of eternity, his buddies in the locker room laughed or yeah. in the dugout. And you know what? They laughed. So you know what? That means they had fun. They're having a good time. You know what? I Here's the wasn't thing. intended for me to see. It wasn't intended. And if they want to make fun of me, the dude hit a home run off me because I have slick balls. <laughs> the balls are too slick. That's <laughs> what the damn crime is. Not him slanting me, but these sons of bitches who are giving me my slick balls. Okay, Beach. D- okay. You, you brought this up, so we're going to talk about it. So uh, what did you say they rub on the balls to make them not so slick? Uh, uh, mud? Like a yes. mud something? And, and do, yeah. you, do you know what mud they use? I don't know. Is there is – there, it says pregame uh, rubbing mud. I, yes. I don't know. I didn't what, – what is rubbing mud – what is, what is in rubbing so, mud, Billy? For nearly three-quarters of a century, a special variety of Jersey muck, Lena Blackburn Baseball Rubbing Mud, has been removing the sheen from baseballs 
for just about every professional baseball team in the country. It all began in 1938 when an umpire complained to Lena Blackburn, a third base coach for the old Philadelphia Athletics, about the sorry condition of the baseballs used by the American League. Back then, a ball was prepped simply with mud made of water and dirt from the playing field. The result? The ball's cover was too soft, leaving it open for tampering. Something was needed to take off the shine, but not soften the cover. Blackburn took on the challenge. The next time he returned to his home in Burlington County, North uh, New Jersey, he checked out the mud along the tributaries of the Delaware River until he found some muck. The whereabouts of the mud hole is still a dark secret, with a texture he felt would do the job. Taking a batch to the athletics field house, he rubbed some balls of the stuff. It worked like a charm. What's more, it had no odor and didn't turn the balls black. The umpires were happy, and Lena Blackburn was in the mud supply business. Soon, the entire American League was using the amazing gunk. Later, the National League took to using it. Before Blackburn's death in the late 50s, his baseball rubbing mud was being used by every major and most minor leagues in the United States. Blackburn's mud business, along with the secret of the mud source, was willed to a close pal, John Haas, who had worked with Blackburn on his mud fighting exploits. Haas eventually turned over the enterprise to his son-in-laws, Burns Blintiff. Burns, in turn, passed it on to son Jimmy and his family. Each July, the Blintiff crew heads a boat out to the old mud hole and scoops up hundreds of pounds of the magic mud, enough for one season. Then the precious product rests in barrels until the next spring when it is packed and shipped to each of the major league teams, minor league teams, most independent leagues, and many colleges in time for opening day. I wonder how much they sell that mud for. And it is still called Lena Blackburn rubbing mud. Wow. Kind of crazy, huh? That's hysterical. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It is a wonderful world, just like you, Darvish, says. There you go. Am- <laughs> All right, Beach. Well, we've, been, we've been prattling on long enough. Uh, you have anything to add to the end here? No, I think we muddied it up pretty well. We muddied it up pretty well. There you go. I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 101 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, remember there's a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailGator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailGator on Twitter, and also HeinrichTailGator on Facebook. Listen and subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a rating and review. Also listen to us on your iPhone or Android device with the Stitcher Radio app. Beach! Billy! It's been a good one. Kyle said for the song this week we should have used 101 Dalmatians. That's a little... Cheesy. Little, yeah. Funny, but cheesy, but yeah. I'm glad we moved to So Beach, next week, show number 102, and hopefully we're talking about a pack building for the Bees on the so, I'm hoping we do. So until then, here's a great big Bigger Bees.
There it goes. Oh, here we go. Analytics. Oh, thank God. Analytics oh, like my you. God. Yeah. I was dying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let me see if we're recording. 10-30-2017. We are recording. And Kyle texted me. That tweet, that, uh, <clears throat> that thing you got was from me. Okay, do I need to watch it yet, or am I supposed to hold tight? No, 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 there's nothing to watch. Okay. There's nothing to watch. Nothing to see here. Keep keep moving. Yeah. Keep walking. I got a lot of feedback going on. You do? I got like yeah, I got like a mass amount of feedback from you, Billy. Like oh. not feedback, but like noise, like like white noise. On my end? Yeah. I hear buzzing, like... Well, I hear that, too. You sure it's not you? I don't think it's me. 